the extremely huge uh, industry of uh, retirement investing in general, which is, by the way, a $40 trillion pool of investment. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Karen Hall. Karen is the CEO of UDirect IRA Services. Uh, she has a, a long, impressive bio here, and, and I, as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm, I'm going to let you tell your story, Karen. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today, taking the time um, uh, to come and share your story. And, and uh, as I also mentioned, I have a lot of questions for you, so uh, ho hopefully you'll entertain them. But, um, but thank you. Thank you for coming and taking the time out this afternoon. Well, it's, it's really a pleasure, Jason. I appreciate you asking me. I think this is a a topic that a lot of people would like to know more about. Yeah. Uh, because I, raising capital is is a thing, right? I mean, it's what, what we're doing now. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's I think, a question both on the um, capital raiser side, but also people that you're you're talking to and, and people don't know kind of the options that are available to them. So, um, but before we dive into kind of all the nuts and bolts, I'd, I'd just love to hear kind of your background, your story, how you got to where you are today, and then and then we'll go from there. It's a circuitous route, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I started um, in college and I was a radio announcer, right? So I did this for 17 years and then made the logical transition into real estate, yeah. right? Yeah. And I started doing some property management on the side and then got a real estate license and did that for a year. I was a realtor for a year. And uh, then I started doing other things. I got into mortgage loan servicing and I was there for quite some time. We called it cleaning up after the elephant <laughs> and I uh, did that and got into mortgage loan origination. And in origination, I learned a tremendous amount, uh, not just about, you know, the jargon and, and the mechanics of mortgage lending, but um, just the power of what a, what a tool like a mortgage loan could do for people for like consolidating their debt, for example. And it just really spurred me on. That's when I read, um, thinking grow rich and I, and my horizon just expanded, like what's possible. And, and then in 2007, I got into the self-directed IRA space working for another company. And then two, two years into that, I opened my own, which is UDirect IRA services. So we're celebrating our 14th year. Congratulations on that. Um, I would say those are notable dates or notable years uh, in, in the economic cycle. So um you were working for someone else in 2007, went, went out on your own two years later. So what did, I, I guess maybe, can you we sort of start just by letting the listeners know, what do you mean by self-directed IRA? What What is that kind of really at a basic level? What does that include? Um, and then and then we'll get into kind of the rest and, and like all the different uses and things like that. Well, an IRA is an individual retirement arrangement. And you ever since they've been around, which is 1975, you've been able to invest 
in anything except life insurance contracts and collectibles. So an IRA has always been able to invest in private equity and precious metals and all these different kinds of asset classes, but um, it really didn't come to the forefront. I think maybe until the Great Recession when people were looking for capital, but uh, an IRA is an IRA to answer your question and has always been able to hold all kinds of assets. So what makes it self-directed is just the asset that the plan is holding. So the rules for a self-directed IRA are the exact same rules for any other IRA, how the money comes in, contribution limits, how the money goes out, you know, RMDs, which is required minimum distributions, um, the taxation, everything is exactly the same. It's an IRA that's allowed to invest in alternative assets. That's a self-directed IRA. Okay. Why would, why would someone like, I think, I guess maybe my real question is why, why is it not more, uh, widely known about self-directed IRAs? Why are so many people, you know, when you think about an IRA, they're, they're, you know, op opening one with one of the big brokerages, they're only investing in stocks. And, and, and frankly, I think most people don't know that, that, that there are other options. So if, if it's, if it's the same and they've been around, like what, why would, uh, I guess one subset of people been sort of learned about it and, and another subset didn't like, what's the, what's the differences uh, in terms of why it's not more widespread? Well, I think because we're busy doing our jobs and when we're doing our jobs, we're thinking about our space and what we do. And so part of that space may not be retirement saving, right? For most people. So you maybe have a 401k or 403b, 457 where you work and it's like, okay, that's, retirement money and you're not really thinking about the assets that those plans are holding because you're busy with your life and doing your job. But then as you grow and you start thinking, well, how can I really build this? How can I become wealthy? And you start learning about wealth creation and you start learning about alternative assets. And I think that people, you know, go to meetup groups and 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 they'll learn about, hey, I can invest in private equity. I can invest in all these different asset classes. And once it hits them that they've got a choice, that's when they understand the self-directed IRA because it comes right into play at that time. Uh, but we're just not taught. I mean, the self-directed IRA industry is pretty minuscule compared to the extremely huge uh, industry of uh, retirement investing in general, which is by the way, a $40 trillion pool of investor money. So it's a lot of money and but only about three or four percent of it is self-directed, so that's probably why, I would think. Okay, that's uh, th those numbers are very uh, eye-opening. I guess I didn't realize quite that. I guess <laughs> discrepancy between the two that there was that much money, you know, sort of within the retirement industry, and then and then only three or four percent is in self-directed IRAs. Now, is there, and it, it, this is maybe where some of the questions that I have. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be something that you deal with or, or what, but I, I know with 401ks and we can get into this if you want to, there are a lot of sort of rules around the accessibility of that money. It, it, it might be your money, you're contributing, you might be getting a match from your employer, but there's a lot of rules about what you can do with that money is that's not the same with IRA, right? It, to my understanding, you, you kind of, it doesn't get sort of locked up by anybody as far as I understand. I see. In that regard, um, there are a lot of rules. 
and you, we can simplify this, but with ERISA plans, that is what we call a plan that is for a company with employees. There are certain rules, right? Because the, the employer is going to have a plan document mm -hmm. and it's going to stipulate what you can and can't do. In other words, if you wanted to move the money from a current employer into an IRA, you might not be able to do that. You might have to wait until you're no longer in service of the company and then ask for what's called an in-service rollover and take that money that way. Yeah. And you're right, in that sense, it's restricted. Uh, but just like 401ks and 403bs, the IRA also has a lot of rules about uh, you know, taxation and penalties when you can have the money. And as you say, it's always your money. You can always take it out but maybe with taxes and penalties, but the, the rules are very much, they're more the same than they are different. And yeah, and that's actually a great point. I I was, I wasn't, although I, I recognize that there are taxes and penalties, if you take them out, you know, sort of um, on an age related situation, but I guess maybe I'll just tell you sort of what I've experienced and sure. <laughs> because as it, it, for myself, uh, I left the job, um, as I left a full-time job, had a 401k, there were, there were a couple of things that sort of, I guess my eyes were opened related to that 401k when I left the job. One was whatever the employer plan was, and I, and I'm probably not going to explain this well for people, but I'll try. It's a large company. There are different levels of income within that company. And because of that discrepancy in income, the higher earners were limited in the amount they could contribute to the 401k. So oh, right. limited more so than just what the federal government mandates, you know, whatever that annual maximum is, it was, it was limited even further because there had to be some, um, I don't know, Same level. Yeah. yeah. It, essentially across, across all employees with the company. Um, what I have since learned is that's just the company's choice not to, I guess, pay a little extra money to have the plan where anybody can contribute to the maximum. So I think that's one thing that's maybe missed that, that people just don't know when they're, uh, have a 401k with a company. The mm -hmm. other thing is I left that company, um, my full-time status, I agreed to, stay on and potentially do, you know, sort of relief or, or part-time here and there if they needed. But what that also did is it, it kept my 401k locked up. I couldn't, I couldn't take that 401k. I couldn't contribute to it. Not, nothing. All, all that was happening was it was getting charged fees, but I could, <laughs> I, I couldn't move it anywhere else unless I completely terminated uh, my employment there. And right. so I, I've, these are things that, you know, because of my own experiences and my own, um, I guess, desire to, to roll that money into a self-directed account. I, I learned things that I think probably a lot of us, I didn't know previously, a lot of us don't know about that whole system. And it it's like, for me, the more I learn about it, the less I like the idea of a 401k, but <laughs> yeah. an IRA, yeah. even yeah. if it's not, you know, sort of, as we say, self-directed, that money isn't it's you can move it right you can if you have an ira you can take the money from your ira and move it to a self-directed ira and yes. invest it in alternative assets like we're talking about exactly yeah you do have freedom in that regard as far as the movement of your funds absolutely and you do have more control over the assets you can actually invest in a lot of times the plans will 
give you like a cafeteria plan or they'll give you, they'll choose certain assets and you can pick from those. Um, that, that happens too with employer plans, but self-directed, I mean, the door's wide open because an IRA, a typical IRA can invest in any stock bond or mutual fund or CD. And then when you get into self-directed IRAs again, those horizons expand to alternative assets. And, you know, so many of those assets have to do with real estate. So I think that in 2007 to 2009 and beyond, real estate was at such a, a just a bargain basement level. You know, people were buying real estate on tapes, right? They're buying property, massive properties at a time. We're not doing that today, but we were doing it then. And that's, and that's when self-directed IRAs came into the public eye because uh, there were so many alternative assets for sale. And if you didn't have the cash, you probably had an old 401k and you could move the money over and acquire that asset. But, um, you know, we're busier than ever, even though a lot of people are investing in brick and mortar like they used to. Yeah. And I'm glad you sort of said that again, it's just the, the, the fact that we're busy, you know, people are at their jobs, there's yeah. Yeah. the knowledge about this stuff. It's not, I don't think there's any reason to anymore to say like, oh, I, I didn't know or, or that you couldn't know, right? There, the information is so readily available, whether it be on the, uh, you know, on the internet, on uh, podcasts, on social media, just it, with, it, it's out there, it's it's available books, however you want to access, access it. But, but I do think it's like, at some point, we as individuals reach, you know, sort of the end of our bandwidth, and how much, how much can I learn? But I think too many people take their own, you know, sort of financial health and push that as one of the things they're not going to focus on. And so they, <laughs> they don't know about a lot of this stuff. And it's, and yeah. I, again, I've been there. So um, maybe you can tell us a bit about what, you know, we talked about alter alternative assets mainly being real estate, but how how would someone, if they wanted to, uh, work with you. They wanted to open a self-directed IRA. What what would that process look like for them? What what would would the steps be for them to go through? Right. I, it's it's a very easy process to actually self-direct. It, it's just not difficult at all. You open an account. Uh, very simple. You provide a few documents, like a copy of your driver's license for the Patriot Act. Um, then you fund the account either by contributing, uh, by doing an IRA to IRA transfer or doing a rollover of a previous employer plan. So open fund and then you invest. So typically when someone's going to invest with a self-directed IRA or use one, they usually have the asset in mind because understand when you open a self-directed IRA, it's held there and the money is not at risk in the market, but it's not earning a tremendous amount of interest either. So people will open their account with an asset in mind, typically. So usually you're finding the asset first, then opening the self-directed IRA to acquire that asset. So what it really means is, is before you start self-directing, you want to become familiar with various kinds of alternative assets. And there are so many ways, like you said, I mean, gosh, we've got YouTube and whatever you've, you know, the internet, if you want to learn about a certain asset class, you can. So many meetup groups uh, to go learn and talk to other people, learn from their experience. How do you do this? Like, how do I... Um, how do I do seller financing? How do I, um, how does my IRA uh, buy an option in real estate? Um, how can my IRA be the bank and lend money? Uh, things, you know, different assets like that. How can I, how can my IRA buy performing and non-performing debt? How can my IRA invest in tax liens? 
you know, it's a whole, so you want to learn about the asset first because before you use your retirement money, you know, that's so hard to save because you've got contribution caps, right? Um, and before you invest that money, you really want to understand the underlying asset because once the money goes into a self-directed IRA, it isn't invested or growing until you've chosen the asset. So really the first step, I mean, opening the accounts, the easy part, it's doing the due diligence on the asset itself is, you know, where the work comes in. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I think mm -hmm. it, yeah. it makes it, and I mean, I guess this is true on, in a, uh, I'll, I'll tell this story because this is, I, this relates to what you just said. When I first, that this is, I don't know, 20 years ago, when I first opened an IRA, I opened an IRA because my, this was, uh, because my accountant was doing my taxes and they were like, you know, you, you do you have a 401k where you work? I said, I don't. They said, you should open an IRA. It will help you with direct tax savings. You can contribute, you know, I think it was five, at the time, $5,000 per year. It's a, it's a, you know, direct reduction of your tax bills. Like, okay, great. I'll do that. So I, I opened it and I, I did that two years in a row and I put the the maximum in there. And then my, that uh, accountant never told me I had to invest that money. So for, <laughs> I think, I think it was 10 years, 10 years, that money just literally just sat there in the account doing nothing. I didn't invest it. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I think that's that to me, that's a lot of what this you know, having you on today is really important for us for people to understand what what's available to them. What you know, even if I even if it had been in stocks and just sort of the traditional um, treatment of you know what what people think mainly of of IRA, mm -hmm. I should have done something with it, right? It should have been it should have been invested in some way. So I think we well, didn't lose money. Okay, so that's right. good. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I didn't lose any money, but but yeah, you're you're right that that. Um, in a lot of ways, it, it does. You need to have the asset in mind. You know, maybe not the minute you open the the account, but but be looking for ways for your money to work for you. Uh, I think makes it is just a good take home point in terms of whether it's in an IRA, whether it's in even just in the bank. Right? You wanna you wanna be looking for ways to to make your money grow and not not just sit there. Um, you do. I think you have to like it. You have to identify as an investor. Like I am an investor and you start there. Okay. You're an investor. What do you invest in? Huh? I don't know. What do I like? Well, what can I invest? In? And you start this exploration and, and a learning curve and you're right. And so that's why you direct. I also, I have a second company. It's called OC RIA, Orange County Real Estate Investors Association. And so through OC RIA, we don't sell any assets. But what we do is bring somebody on every month for the last 11 years that teaches some aspect of real estate investing so that our members and the general public, because it's free to join the Zoom call, you know, now that we've been doing that since 2020, you can join OC RIA and listen and, and learn right there. And there are just a lot, a lot of podcasts like what you're doing right here where you can get this kind of information. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty readily available at this point. And so if you're not focused on, you know, taking some time to dedicate towards, you know, sort of how, how to improve your financial situation, it's, it's no longer just that it's inaccessible information. It's, it's just that you're, you're just really choosing not to, not to make that, um, make that decision about, you know, sort of finding out what options you have. And, and as you said, yeah, there's, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, 
I do want to back up. I think I, sorry, I got excited about asking questions and I, I want to back up to, you know, kind of that time when you went out on your own and, and started your business. And obviously uh, it was around the real estate crash in, in 2008. So I think that's a, that's a big step. That's a kind of a bold move. How, how did you, what was your you know thought process with that? What was your mindset at that time? Tell us a little bit about that transition. It was a rocky transition. You know, I've been, <laughs> been in real estate and radio and mortgage and living in Orange County. I think, you know, you're in LA. In Orange County, there's not a lot of radio. It's in LA. So I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to be a mortgage person during the great meltdown or a realtor or anything like that. So that was out. And then I happened to, you know, get connected with some people who owned a self-directed IRA company. So after working there for a couple of years, um, we parted ways and I just boot like this, or wouldn't you boot like bootstrap? That's what I would say. <laughs> bootstrap this company from just, you know, a blonde and a laptop, you know, uh, to what we have now. And it was just because of, of some really amazing uh, people uh, who supported me, uh, the, the owners of the real estate investment clubs. And, and I just received so much support and I was going from, I just, I put, I put on a hundred thousand miles on my car, you know, in the first couple of years, it was crazy driving everywhere to speak at any event that I could. And, you know, in that way built uh, a base of people who needed to know about this and, and a lot of friends along the way too. And, and so it, it was, it was a tremendous amount of, you know, hard work and, uh, and, uh, late nights and all that. And, but it worked, you know, and, and 14 years later, it's uh, it's a little easier to do this. We've we've you know we got the plane off the ground. It's flying, so that's good. But I st I still do speak quite a bit. Yeah. When you so you you talked about putting all the miles on your car. You were you were going around speaking as much as you could. Um, I I would say at that time, uh, in the information wasn't actually as accessible as it is now. As as we've been it talking wasn't. about, you, you didn't have. Uh, necessarily all of the digital resources to point people to I this is right I, I would never have thought this in hindsight but we were just friend and I were just talking the other day the iPhone came out in 2007 and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know it's just been such a large part of of I guess lives and culture that it, I thought it was longer ago than that but um but the, but the point is you know you did what you had to to sort of grow your business and, and get in front of people and what was what was the demand like? I know you said you know people real estate was cheap, but people uh, probably probably people that were um, experienced investors may have may have taken a hit, you know. And so I, I imagine that was a hard time to sort of talk to people about this and sort of tell them the the benefits. Um, probably in a lot of ways, like now, you know. Yeah. But but what was what what sort of challenges did you face? Well, I, you know, people were looking for hope. I mean, a, a lot of people did have lots of financial issues, but a lot of people still, maybe they left their job during that time, but they had an employer plan, like, just like you did, that they could roll yeah. over. And at that time, they could take advantage of the downturn and acquire these low-cost properties and build their retirement. Now, along the way, there were some, there were some fraudsters out there that were had some schemes. And so that's always going to happen anytime there's money, people, you know, the schemers, the, call them the bad actors, they're going to show up. There was some of that. 
Um, and I think that was probably the biggest challenge for some people is, um, you know, we're the bad actors. That was a big challenge. But I think too that during those years, like 2007, nine, even 11, banks weren't really lending. You couldn't just get a loan in. And it used, it's usually then that you could get 10 mortgage loans, right? 10 loans. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, at that time it was maybe six, maybe fewer. And so investors, how are they going to have the capital? And then, that, then that's as a whole, real estate investors started understanding, wait a minute, I could tap into this $40 trillion pool of, of money to fund my deal. So they could take someone's retirement account, have it in their deal and then acquire an asset and then pay the retirement account back. So it was win-win, you know, capital, grassroots capital came in and improved whole neighborhoods. And those, you know, so the neighborhood was better. Somebody had a nice place to live. Everybody made some money and somebody saved for their retirement. So it could, in some cases, in a lot of cases, it was a huge win for everybody. Couple, you know, a couple of bad actors. That's where the fun stories come in. But, um, but yeah, so that that's what it was like then. And today, what is it like today? Today, I mean, it's still it's always been access to capital. How do I raise capital? How do I get started? How do I find capital for my deals? You know, I don't have a track record, and so I'm not I'm not getting money from a bank to do this. Um, how could I invest? You know, I've got this, I found a deal and I want to get into it. You know, you can partner, you can lend, you can get into a deal as a debt or equity partner. And that's what people are looking at doing today. Yeah, it's, again, it just comes down to, I guess, finding a good, relatively safe way to, to put your money to work, regardless of the market cycle. So it's, you know, yeah. had yeah. You, you started your business in a, at a, a challenging market cycle, but but challenges create opportunities. Yeah. And we have a a long <laughs> a long run up, longer than a lot of people anticipated, and um, now we're in another challenging. And it's just a matter of sort of adapting to whatever that time is. And I and I feel like I see I see a lot of capital raisers out there um, doing a lot of marketing based on uh self-directed IRAs and the and the ability for people to access the those retirement accounts. And I think it's it it just points to, you know, kind of what's what's the way to 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 capitalize on on potential opportunities. And uh, you know, if in a in a recession or a downturn, well the prices Prices might get a little bit better, but capital is harder to find. So you have to look at, you know, other avenues to get that cap capital to work. And oftentimes, you know, people have, especially retail investors, they might have a an old four hundred one k or IRA that they they frankly haven't even thought about. Right? It's just been <laughs> kind of sitting there, uh, you know, after they left an employer and and you know don't know that they could put it to work uh, in a different way. So um, I think it's 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 a it's a very valuable uh, service to have mm -hmm. and, and important to, uh, I guess, raise awareness that it's available. Just well, And we were talking about like, you know, what's timely and, and, you know, what is the market conditions that made me think too about cryptocurrency. Your IRA can invest in cryptocurrency because yeah. we've got some currency issues going on, you know, digital currency, Fed now. So a lot of people are, are getting into, you know, more into crypto. That's, you know, you can do that through your direct. Um, and also precious metals. Precious metals are really increasing in popularity. So buying actual silver, gold, palladium, platinum, 
And then the, then we store that for the IRA. There's a small storage fee and the IRA owns hard metal, not just certificated metal, but actual metal that's stored in a depository. So those are two asset classes that are also gaining in popularity these days because of, you know, currency and what's the future of, you know, of that, you know, there's always value in gold, I suppose. And gold's always been a, a hedge against inflation. So um, anyway, that's, that's something that's time. Yeah, no, that that's a great point too. Um, what about any legislation or anything? Do you see, there's always, I feel like I'm not, I have no intention of being political or anything like that, but you always hear like with political cycles, there's, you know, here, here's some new rules that might be coming out. And oftentimes there's a lot of talk about it and then it doesn't pass or you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. and anything uh, related to these self-directed IRA accounts that you're seeing yeah. or, or the, the retirement uh, industry in general? Yeah, you're right. A lot of times with these rules or these proposals there, it is hurry up and wait, but what's actually passed is in 2019, there was um, something called the Secure Act 1.0. And when it passed, one of the things it did is it increased the RMDH, so our required minimum distribution. So when you have an IRA, you have to take the money out, the you know the the, the pre-tax money, like the traditional and the SEP uh, money, the simple IRAs. You have to take a certain percentage out every year after, after you hit a certain age. And so that age for a very long time was 70 and a half, and the government starts to realize, oh, wait a minute, people are living longer. 70 and a half, that's not old as it used to be. So let's raise that age. So the Secure Act 1.0 raised that age from 70 and a half to 72. And then at the end of 2022, like on the very last day of the year last year, um, Secure Act 2.0 came into effect and it changed a few things. It also changed the RMDH from 72 to 73. And it said that in 10 years, so in the year 2033, that RMDH will go up to 75. I think that's great because if you're that <clears throat> that age and you don't need the money, you don't have to take it. Right. If you need it, that's different. You can take it and there you go. And you're required to take a certain amount. There's a chart on the IRS's website that tells you, you know, you, you multiply the amount times your age and you get a factor, you know, and that, that chart's on the IRS's website. But again, so, you know, this is what we're looking at is the government realizing, hey, we live longer, we're gonna need that money longer. But Secure Act 2.0 did something else that's pretty cool. And with the SEP IRA, which is uh, a, a, a Simplified Employee Pension, SEP, and the Simple IRA, which is a Savings Incentive Match Plan for employers, these two employer IRAs, the contributions have always been pre-tax. So you contribute and get a tax deduction for that, assuming that you qualify. But now with Secure Act 2.0, it says that we're going to be allowed to make Roth type contributions to those two accounts, something we haven't been able to do before. However, you know, the, um, the Department of Treasury still hasn't come up with any guidelines, no prototypes, no, this is how you do it. This is how you implement it. This is, this is what percentage of Roth money can go in. We just don't have any guidelines or guidance uh, from the Department of Treasury for this rule that passed really January 1st. And here it is, you know, well past mid-year yeah. uh, so we're waiting for that but that is that's something new that's i mean it's not just an idea this is something that's really happened although with the roth contributions uh, for the step and the simple we're waiting for implementation that that's actually i didn't know that and that is 
I, it, important information uh, in in large part because my business we we do a SEP IRA, so oh, uh, I wasn't aware of that. So that's that's <laughs> I'll be on the lookout for that. Some yes, yeah, stay some tuned for, to our blog for uh, an article as soon as we get some guidance. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So uh, yeah, and and anybody else who has, I mean, even the, the simple IRA that that's important information to kind of understand that and can be uh, pretty impactful. So great great to know. Thank you for that. Um, Karen, I want to I want to switch gears and just get to ask you the questions I ask every guest um, okay. just before I before I let you go today. Um, the first one, it's it's related to the name of the show being Know Your Why. And so I always ask every guest, you know, kind of what's your why? What what drives you? Uh, you've obviously had a very sex, successful career. What kind of keeps you going and in, in, uh, in that sort of growth mode? I guess it's because uh, Americans as a whole just are not ready to retire. I don't think like if I if, if you ask anybody how much you're going to need to retire, it's something that we'd like to just put our head in the sand about like, oh, I'm never going to retire, you know, or that's way off. But guess what? It's coming at you like a freight. <laughs> I promise. So you need to you need to get ready. So because people are prepared, I am very passionate about teaching about retirement savings so that people do get prepared. And it's not just IRAs. I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 you know social security it's insurance it's you know savings it's the, the the assets that you acquire personally or within the ira whole layers and layers and layers of assets that are going to provide streams of income to you at retirement so that you are ready you don't want to be one of those people you know in the line at the grocery store buying one banana because that's all the money you have you know I've, yeah. you 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 want to be wealthy and you want to be comfortable in retirement this is how to get here one of the tools in your tool belt to use to get to a really um, prosperous retirement, and I'm passionate about teaching that. Yeah, that's it's, it is so important. It's it is sometimes you see those statistics of you know what people have, what the average American has for retirement, and it it it's scary. It's, it's also scary when you're you do the math and figure out how much you should have for retirement, and if you're not already on <laughs> yeah. that road. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, it, it's, it's, it's hard stuff to talk about. So I think that that's a lot of times why people, um, maybe do avoid the topic. They do put their hand in the head in the sand, but I think it's really important to, um, not just, as you mentioned before, like we're living longer. So it's not even, <laughs> it's not even the same or it shouldn't be the same equation as it used to be. It's not, there's a lot of things that are changing in, in our, where, you know, our health and our, our longevity is expected only to get better. So it's like, you're, you know, you don't want to necessarily be working until you're 90. And so you've got to, you know, figure out what, what's going to set yeah. me up for success, like later in life. Yeah. Well, if you want to take action right now, do something right now for your listeners go out and make a contribution to your retirement account today, you know, write a check, pay yourself instead of the IRS, just like you were saying, you know, you made a contribution, you got a tax deduction. So mm -hmm. you, instead of paying taxes, you, you put the money toward savings. I mean, it's not a dollar for dollar deduction, but talk to your tax advisor and say, Hey, what's the best contribution? What's the best account for me? And how much am I, you know, eligible to contribute and do that today, make that an action item take small steps towards saving for retirement. And that is a very, very doable step uh, to save. You don't have to maybe make the whole contribution, but, you know, make some contribution. Right. Yeah. And and I, I love that action step. I'd also say just take action on sort of learning 
learning your options, learning what you need to do to sort of improve this process. And I can tell you, as I said before, it's it's not, whatever's happening through your employer is not enough. It's not, it's, and it's not even necessarily with your best interests in mind. It's, it's kind of a, a, a large scale one, you know, one-stop shop type of solution that just doesn't fit everybody. So it, it doesn't, um, it's, it's not the the best option that you have. So uh, great point. Um, tell us something about yourself that, that isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, anything uh-huh. just to let the listeners know you better. Well, like I said, I used to be on the radio. I did light rock. Let's talk. Taylor, <laughs> 98.7 FM. <laughs> that's and amazing. a few others. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's, that was fun. You know, it's when I was in my twenties and, and I had, I had a great time. So yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm sure that helped with your all the speaking that you did when you were when you were building your business, going out and uh, having all these conversations with folks. I, you're right. you're used to <laughs> used to being the voice, so that's yeah. that's a good uh, speaking to thousands of people at a time. Now, right. so right, yeah. and uh, so I, I suppose that would that would be it. Okay, um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Email us at info at the letter U, info at udirectira.com. And we will get right back with you. You need to tell us, hey, I want to learn more about whatever you want to learn more about. And there are rules. We haven't really gone deep into the rules. So, hey, what are the rules of self-directed investing? How can I learn more? You know, can you send me some videos? We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook channel and an Instagram. And we're always teaching different, you know, FAQs about self-directed. You know, retirement savings. Okay. We'll put that in the in the show notes so people have that can find that easily. Awesome. Um final question for you, Karen. What would you what advice would you give to someone who and you can kind of take this in whatever direction. Usually I say in people who want to get started in real estate, but maybe uh maybe take it towards what would you do, you know, if you want to get started in in uh building for your retirement, you know, kind of really focusing on those those topics. Yeah, I, I, I do the math, you know, start by doing the math and, and take a look at, you know, where, where do you want to be living? What, what, will you, what will your nest egg look like? And talk to experts, talk to financial planners and start developing a plan with a professional. Self-directed IRAs are one way to augment what a financial planner will put you into because they'll put you into market correlated assets. A self-directed IRA is non-market correlated assets, but they'll also help you with other you know, things like annuities, if you like them and insurance, if you like it and different vehicles. So start doing the math, talk to professionals, talk to your friends. Hey, how are you? You know, start that conversation with your friends. I know nobody, it's not like a fun topic maybe to talk about, but it can be like, what are you doing to retire uh, and to get ready for it and have that conversation and hold each other accountable. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. I think uh, it is, it is unfortunate for whatever reason, it's not something that you know, people are comfortable talking about, despite it being such like an incredibly important topic for your future. So um, I think that's great. Um, Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I think, you you know, I've learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners will learn a lot. So thank you for taking the time out and coming, coming to talk to us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton of value. Definitely um, check out uh, Karen's website and everything we've got in the show notes. Um, And please like, rate and review the show so we can get more phenomenal guests like Karen. Thank you all for listening. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, 
it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.